discusses whether a soita can end up drinking twice, and we begin the third parak discussing the carbon of the soita, the tnufois. What happens if she gets cold feet once the Megillah has already been erased? Do we make her drink? And what comes first, the drink or the akrav of her carbon? And what happens if she changes her mind and says that she now does want to drink after she refuses? We begin with the Gemara tells us. We have a pasuk of Zois, Toiras, Hakno Ois. Tanakama tells us that we learn from here that the woman can, in fact, drink twice. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, second opinion, and he holds that Zois tells us that a woman will not drink twice. It's an exclusion. Rabbi Huda tells us that there was a story where Nechunya, who used to dig ditches for the Euler Golem, he was made that a woman once did drink twice. But that Eidos was only when there were two men. And her second, in her second marriage, the second husband also warned her. Over there, they made her drink twice. From the first and from the second husband. They wouldn't accept it from, they wouldn't make her drink from one husband. The Chachamim, however, disagree. Third opinion, that even if you have two separate husbands, a Saita never has to drink twice. So the Gemara asks, according to Tanakama, we do have the Pasuk of Zois, that's an exclusion. And according to the last Shita of the Rabbanon, the Torah also says the word Toiras, which should be an inclusion. I would say, that they always, a Saita always drinks twice, or Saita never drinks twice. We have both an exclusion and an inclusion. So Rabbi explains that really everyone agrees when there's one husband and one Bayel, everyone agrees that the woman's going to drink only once because the Pasuk says Zois, an exclusion. When there's two husbands and two men who she's suspected with, everyone agrees that she will drink twice because the Pasuk says Tairas to include. Now, the Machlekes lies in a case when there's only one husband and two people who she's suspected with, or vice versa. Over here, the Tanakama says, look, Tairas is inclusive, that even here, she will have to drink twice. Taira includes everything, so he says, only in a case when there's one husband and one boil, that's when she's not going to drink twice. The last Rabona and the third she thought they're going to hold, look, Zoris excludes everything, and Toiras includes when there's two husbands and two Boyalin. Rebbe Yehuda, he learns that Zoris is excluding two cases, and Toiras is in including two cases. Zoris excludes there are two husbands and one Boyal, or one husband and two Boyalin. Toira includes that she will need to drink twice when there are two husbands and one boil, or two husbands and two boilin. And with that, we say Hadron Allah, Hoya Mavi. We conclude the second parak, which had begun, discussing the difference between the Mincha of the Soito and a regular carbon Mincha. Will we continue in the third parak? We say that we take her carbon mincha and put it into a an Egyptian wicker basket. They put it into a klisharis, and they and uh, it seems that the husband's doing this part, according to Rashi. He puts it onto her hand. The kain then puts his hand under her hand and waves the carbon mincha together. 
Tysus discuss how the Kryon would be allowed to put his hand on her. Wouldn't that be a Dover cure or something disgusting? So either he puts a handkerchief between the Chatzitza, or they bring an elderly Kryon or a child Kryon who doesn't have a Yitzhahara yet, because the Yitzhahara won't engage in a moment. In any event, they wave the carbon mincha of the soita. They bring the coimates of the flour and oil mixture, that the three-finger f- scoop. They burn it, and then the rest of the carbon mincha goes to the kahanam to eat. Then she drinks the... Well, Tanakama says that she drinks the mei soita, and then brings her, then their makar of her carbon. Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says that the carbon is first, and then she drinks. Because the Pesach says, V'achar yishkeh isha es hamayim. However, even Rabbi Shimon agrees that if B'dyevet she did drink first, and only then brought the carbon, that carbon mencha would be kosher. In the Gemara, Rabbi Yezid tells Rabbi Yeshaya, the Rabbi Yeshaya from his generation, don't sit down until you explain this to me. I've been bothered about th- this question for a while. How do we know that the carbon soita, the mincha of the carbon so- of the soita, requires waving? So he says, "Well, hang on." The pasuk says, "Beteirish, vehenif." No, no, no. But how do you know that the husband has to be there for the wa- the waving? That the husband processes it for her. That we learn a gzirishava of yad yan from the shlomim. Because it says and it says by the carbon shlamim yodov Just like over here, the koyin does the waving. So, so too by the shlamim, the koyin does the waving. And just like over there, the bailim are involved in the waving. So, to be here, the bailim are there for the waving. How does that work? The koyin puts his hand underneath the yad of the bailim and waves it together. Now, mission said. After going through the process of the soita, it said, then they're makar of her carbon. The problem is that, that we already said that they were makar of her mincha. Why do we go back and say that she's makar of it again? The Gemara explains, the way our Mishnah is structured, it said, okay, here's the seder of her carbon mincha. She would wave it, bring the koimets. The koim brings the koimets, makar it, the, the koim the rest. And then in the drinking Seder, we have a machloik as Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon. The Rabbanon holds she drinks and then she's makrovit. The Akarba Mencha. Rabbi Shimon says first they're makrovit and then she drinks. Because of the Pasuk, Achar Yishke. It's just going through the Seder of the Seder's carbon and drinking. Now, even if Shimon agrees that if she does drink before the carbon, the carbon's still kosher. Now the Gemara asks, why does the Pesach need to say the Hishka, that she drinks twice? This is going to teach us that if they erase the Shem Hashem on the Megillah, and then she says, you know what, I don't want to drink. She doesn't say, I'm Tomei, she just says, I don't want to drink. In that case, we force her to drink it against her will. That's what Rabbi Akiva says. Rabbi Akiva says, we force her. Rabbi Shimon says that the Achar Yishka teaches us that after doing the entire mincha process and erasing, there are actually three steps that need to be done before she drinks. Number one, you have to bring the carbon first. Right? That's from Shimon and Mishnah. Number two, you have to erase the Shem Hashem on the Megillah. And number three, 
She has to say and pronounce her Shavua. Only then does she drink the Mesoita. Right, so first of all, the, the Mincha has to be brought. That's Rabbi Shimon Lashitasai. Then she drinks. Now the second part seems obvious. Obviously, you have to erase the Megillah into the water before she drinks. Otherwise, she's just drinking water without the Shem Hashem erased in it. So Rashi explains what, what the second halacha is set, telling us is that you have to make sure that it's entirely erased. It can't be even a Rosham left on the paper. Now the third halacha was that she has to make her Shavua before she drinks it. And the Gemara is like, well, hang, hang on. You're telling me that she doesn't drink it before she swears, but you would write the Shem Hashem before she swears? You don't do anything with the Megillah until she makes her Shavua, that she wasn't Matame. Rebbe already told us this. That if they did write the Megillah Saita before she says her Shavua, that Megillah Saita doesn't work. That's not good. So the Gemara says, yeah, the tru- truth is that's sort of an obvious halacha. You only said a naspa. There's no chiddush there. Now, what's the machloikas? Whether she drinks first or the hakravas of her carbon is first. See, the Pasuk says three times drinking. It says v'hishke, and then it says v'achar yishke, and then again the Pasuk says v'hishke. So there are abundant learn that the first time the Pasuk says v'hishke, that's telling us the, be- the beer halacha, that she has to drink the mesoita. She drinks, and then she brings her mencha. Then it says v'achar yishke. That tells me that there can't be any Roisham, any imprint left on the paper that's erased. It has to be entirely erased. And then the final Vihishka, Hishka number three, that tells us that if they erase the Megillah and then she says, you know, I don't want to drink the Mesoita, that we force her to drink it whether she likes it or not. Reb Shimon learns these three Lashonas differently. He says that the Lashon in the middle, the Achar Yishka, that's telling me the beer halacha that she has to bring her carbon and then drink. That the carbon's first. The, f- the first time in the Pasuk when it says Vihishka, that's telling me that if Bedievet she drinks before bringing the carbon, the carbon is still kosher. The final Vihishka tells us that if they erase the Megillah and then she decides she doesn't want to drink, we force her to drink it whether she likes it or not. The, uh, the reason why the Rabbanan didn't like this drasha is that according to Rabbi Shimon, He's saying that when the Pesach says Vihishka, it's saying Bidi Eved. If she drinks first, it's still kosher. And their opponents say that the Torah doesn't teach us Bidi Eved halachos. That's for the Shulchan Aruch. Gemara goes back and challenges Rabbi Akiva, saying, Wait, Rabbi Akiva, you hold that we're going to force this woman to drink the Mesoita if she says she doesn't want to after we wait the Megillah? It doesn't sound like Rabbi Akiva. We learn in a Bryce, Rabbi Huda ta- tells us that they had this steel bar, a big straw, that they would put into her mouth after they erase the Megillah. Because if she decides she doesn't want to drink, we're going to force it down her throat with this big straw, this metal straw. That sounds unpleasant. Over here, over there in the Bryce, Rabbi Akiva tells us that there's no need for that straw. Because the whole point of giving her the mesoita is to investigate, to determine whether she was metame. If she doesn't want to drink it, we know she was metame. That's an admission of guilt. So Rabbi Akiva doesn't hold that we force. What does Rabbi Akiva hold? By us, it says that Rabbi Akiva tells us to force her. And over here, it's saying that there's no need anymore. So the Gemara explains that before 
the kaimates, the carbon mincha of the soita is burnt, is born on the mizbeach, she's allowed to back out. But once it's brought, then she can't. I that that doesn't really answer our question because Rabbi Akiva would say the whole point of the Mesoita is to check her and even if the comments is brought, we're already checked. Why would we force her? We know she she admitted guilt. Ah, see here's the here's the key. There are two reasons why she would refuse to drink. Either because she knows that she's Matame and she's basically admitting without using those words, she's just saying, I don't want to drink, or she's terrified of the waters, and she's just freaking out and actually just doesn't want to drink, even though she wasn't Matame, necessarily. So if she's saying she doesn't want to drink with a steadiness, a firm mindset, not not just out of fear, then we're not going to make her drink, because we already know she was Matame. This is an admission. But if she's just scared of the water, then if we didn't bring her kmitza yet from the carbon mencha, so we didn't erase the Shem Hashem and the Megillah, or if the Kahanim erased it incorrectly at this point, then she's still allowed to back out. But once the kmitza is brought, and now the Kahanim have the right, they're supposed to be erasing the Shem Hashem, she's no longer allowed to back out just because she's scared. Now we're left with the Kasha, and Rabbi Akiva, we have a student Rabbi Akiva over there. He's saying that the Mechika erasing the Shem Hashem is Ma'akiv. That now she can't back out. And over here, he's saying that it's not the Mechika that's Ma'akiv whether she could back out. It's the Kamitza burning the carbon mincha. And the Gemara answers there are there's Machlekas in what Rabbi Akiva said. Next, the Gemara asks, what happens if she first says, "I don't want to drink that water because." Not that she's terrified. It seems that she's admitting guilt. And then she's like, you know what? I'll drink it. Do we let her drink it? Once she says that I don't want to drink it, is that the same thing as saying to Mayani? And now we're going to... We have a chazaka that she's tame, so she can't back out. Or maybe, now that she's saying that she does want to drink, drink it, she's being megalatas. She's showing us that when she didn't want to drink it before, it was just out of fear. The Gemara leaves us with a take. We'll add that to the list of questions for Elio Anovi. Next, Avuah Deshmal tells us that before giving her the Mesoita, we put in something bitter into the water because the Pasuk says Mehamorim, which is telling us that this water has to have something bitter in it, a bitter flavor, when she's drinking it. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.